0: Beyond Film Podcast.
1: Hi everyone, welcome to episode 6 of Beyond Film Podcast. I'm Leif Johnson and in this podcast I'm going to be talking to Steve Thomas. Steve Thomas, is a good old friend of mine, Um, he's a shooter editor and he's a very candid gentleman. Uh, He tells it like it is. Uh, Just a caveat to this episode, there's quite a bit of effing and jeffing, some strong language, some unsavoury talk, um, but yeah, it's, we go on a little bit of a rant, but uh, I'm going to call this one our rant- ranty episode. Um, we talk about mental health, um, we talk about working with clients, we talk about passion, um, we talk about a lot of stuff, we cover a lot of ground. We, we chatted for a good two hours and uh, cutting it down was quite the task. Um, I'm currently walking around a field in Oxford uh, trying to keep away from people because you've got to you've got to adhere to the social distancing and uh, yeah I thought I'd do this whilst walking in the sun. We've got a couple of people over there just uh, walking their dogs and that's about it. Um, So yes uh, get into this it's about just over an hour so it's a bit longer than the usual podcast but like I say it was about two hours long initially. So yeah, it's all good. Um, but yeah, again, just to warn you, if you're gonna play this out loud, make sure there are no children about because uh we got a little bit a bit potty mouthed with this one. So yeah, enjoy. Cool man, thanks. Cool, thanks for doing this.
0: It's alright. How are you holding up? With with regards to the uh Uh, COVID-19, I'm all right. All the work's vanished, but I'm sort of zen about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, me too, weirdly, which is kind of conversely upsets me slightly because I'm like, I shouldn't be this relaxed about the whole thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I did have like a panic. I had a a couple of days of like, because I lost like everything, like six months of work before anyone went on shutdown. And then I thought, oh, Christ, this is just affecting me. I had a proper like... You know, panic meltdown, and then it affected everyone, and I thought, "That's ah, fine, we're all in the shit." <laughs> I think that's what it is. It's like, yeah,
1: oh no, no, everyone's suffering, so it's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be the, I don't want to be at the bottom on my own.
1: <laughs> Just drag everyone else down with you. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. So right. we knew each other at Channel M. Yeah, you were an editor, I shoot an editor. editor. Shooter editor, sorry, yeah. Um, you were a shooter a editor. A world
0: and, of difference.
1: Yeah, and you worked with myself and Craig, friend of the show, yeah. uh, who's already been on a podcast. And yeah. Um, yeah, just tell me about like what you used to do back then and how your career's developed.
0: Well, Channel M, unlike a lot of people that worked there, wasn't my first job. It wasn't even my second job because I'm pretty old. We were all trying to... Not outdo each other. We were trying to impress each other. I think the reason why Channel Mm. M was so good was because, I mean, the management was shit, but everyone that worked there was trying to impress everyone else and trying to, like, blow each other away. We were kind of making all the stuff for ourselves, really. Well, I mean,
1: I I think we were really given a lot of freedom purely because, uh, like you're saying, the management didn't really know how to manage. So they were just saying, you know, make something cool. And that's what we did. And no one really... There was no sort of creative body, you know, like a creative director would, like, to sort of make sure things go in the right direction or uh, make sure it's the right quality or anything like that. And it was just a bit of a play, playing ground, I think, I felt. Anyway, I, I learned a lot
0: just by just by doing it. Yeah, and a lot of... When I want to say management. I mean, like, the, the high, like, the kind of suits management hmm. was shit. Hmm. But our direct, like producers and people like that were just great. Yeah, like you say really freeing. We made stuff that you shouldn't really be able to make with a handful of people. Mm-hmm. But there was just so much goodwill floating about and we were all learning off each other. And no one there was no like there just wasn't any kind of like I'm Mr. Big Bollocks who's been here 20 years and you do it my way or anything like that. Everyone was kind of like there was no real egos in that way. Yeah. Cuz I've worked at places where you go in and here's the editor. You don't look at the editor. You don't speak to the editor. He goes, "Who who shot this?" And you have to go in and sit down and get told off. And this is like years and years ago. But there was none of that at Channel M, mm. which was good because it meant you weren't weren't afraid of making mistakes. I think there is. I think there used to be. Uh, certainly, like back in the nineties, you used to get people who was, "I'm an editor. Mm. That's what I do. I'm an editor." And they'd have, you know, here's the producer and here's the and like, you know, I'm a soundie and all they do is sound and that's cool. But I also saw, saw those people get blown away when the jobs vanished mm. or when if you're going to be a camera operator, well, you need to be able to like cut stuff as well because we're going because we're looking for like shoot editors now. You can specialise, but I think it's really good to be a bit of a generalist, or at least to have an interest, or at least to have an understanding of what the other jobs are. You might stay there for a year, you might stay there five years, ten years, but you are going to get blown away. You know yeah. why would they? Why would yeah. they hire two dudes when they can hire one that will do both? And because that's the way it is. That's how I got the job at Channel M. Was they were it, after shoot editors? And then I've been on. <clears throat> I do. I do um, a gig now for uh which is hilarious it's for champions league football which have no interest in football whatsoever so i don't know who these people are that film it. but they used to have a crew of four and now they have a crew of three because i can shoot edit and and, and now i'm kind of like shoot edit direct so i'm kind of three people on these shoots and oh I,
1: no don't, do they call
0: you a videographer no, I, I, I have. Uh, they, they've not even tried. They, they, they just they, they can see that I'm not going to stand for that. Do you know what I mean? It's my, my demeanour says <laughs> never call me videographer. It's the worst. It's, it's almost like
1: if I, I've been called that and I've been, I've I've been put into meetings where I've met the client before I shoot and someone because they don't know. What they're talking about, I've gone. Oh, this is life. He's the videographer, and I'm like, I'm the director on the shoot. Because but it's there's like, got to be a difference between. The worst thing you could say.
0: Yeah, there's got to be a difference between you, <laughs> like, you know, the kid running around with a DSLR. Do you know what I mean? There's got to be a difference, and the difference is never call me videographer. That's the difference. Yeah, I mean, but. At the
1: same time, it wouldn't that just be an umbrella term for somebody who's multi-skilled like you
0: are, mate. Videographer is like <laughs> the dude. The videographer is the dude that's doing, and I, and I'm not knocking weddings because weddings are a tough game. Yeah, yeah. And if anyone's done weddings, you will know what a hard day is, and you'll know what pressure is because if you fuck a wedding up, trust me, you won't have a worse client. Mm. But a videographer is the dude who's. Who's like undercut everyone else to get that wedding, and he's booked up all summer doing like two a day, and he's running around in a suit, sweating his bollocks off. That's a videographer. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> he's just like, yeah, just shooting shit. Don't really know what I'm doing. That's that's a videographer. That's so not what we do. What
1: what would what would um, I'm not trying to paint you into a corner here, man. I'm just saying, what would you be? What would you be called then if you were as a shorthand title, as somebody who goes to a shoot, shoots it. Directs it, cuts it.
0: Just shoot, edit. Because anyone that can film stuff and there's no one else there is going to end up directing it. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's like true. No, no, no. Camera operator just stands there with the mouth shut, just waiting for stuff to happen. You, well, you, you are, you are a director until a director turns up. Do you know what I mean? That's and just, you're a soundie till the soundy turns up.
1: Yeah. So what you're saying is you could quite easily do those jobs until somebody turns up.
0: What? But you, but. <laughs> you do it's not like you can do them you do them that, that's it it's like you're yeah. a producer as well like if you if someone's like you need to get your ass down here to film this thing and you're like are you are you sorting out transport or flights or anything no well then you're a producer then aren't you and you've got to sort your digs out well, this is the thing about not being in a silo and not you can kind of do everything something i got told like when i started out was a good camera operator is a good editor and they may not be able to Work an edit suite, but you have to be able to cut in your head. Otherwise, you're just a stills photographer. Like, if you're, especially when, you, when you're on your own, you, you, you know, you need to be able to think, right, I'm in here. I've got I've got a wide, I like, running, get a close-up of, like, the face. Now, I'm, what they're looking at, get a bit of this, get a bit of that. Bump, 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 bump. Make sure, you know, because it's the biggest complaint an editor's ever going to get is you didn't shoot enough mm. or, or you shot a, too much of the wrong stuff or especially with like gvs and things like that the, the amount of people that shoot stuff that don't seem to have any idea about the edit and you're like well then what are you doing mate because all you're doing is getting ingredients for an edit so if you don't know what you're supposed to be getting then, then what are you doing and if you're not, if you're just getting some beautiful shots, it's like, well, that's great. We can stick them on a wall somewhere. But it, it really pisses me off when, when the stuff come back, when you get stuff back and you're just like, right, well, who shot this? Because I've got like a, a close-up of this dude here and then we're off somewhere else. And then we've followed this dude around for like five minutes and the shot's not changed. And then we're just... And, these, and like people will tell you, like, oh, he's really good. The people that hire them are people that are on site So they've got all the kind of talk. They've got all the gaffer tape hanging off the belt. They they talk about lenses. They talk about kit. So everyone thinks, oh, this person's ace. And what is actually happening is it's then their stuff's then going through a frustrated editor who's making them look miles better than they should. And then they get hired again. You know, people go on about angry editors and don't really go on about angry camera operators. Well, there's a reason for that, isn't there? (laughs) Oh, no, I've met my fair share of angry uh, DPs, believe me. But the and the thing is, right, and I, but because I do both, I understand I see editors kick off, go, Why the fucking hell hell's he done that? And you're like, Hey, whoa mate, you weren't there on the day. So it, it does go both ways, but yeah, you do see a lot of stuff where people are like shooting and you're like, mate, you you have no idea what's going what's going what your stuff's being used for and you've not even asked. That's the thing. Hmm. That's what, that's what winds me up, when people just turn up and just like, I'm going to shoot it this way, and they just shoot it that way, and you're like, mate. But well, that's when you need a director. I don't really know where I'm I I've just done a bit of a rant here. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. Well,
1: I've, I've noticed uh, since uh, we've had to self-isolate, you've been doing some posts, and these like reactions. You've been asking people questions and pros and cons of being an editor I saw the other day, and that was a little bit of a mini rant. <laughs> it was. It was. I related with it, but it was a mini round. But
0: the thing is, you're only ever going to be able to when stuff's going well, it goes well, and you forget about it. It's like anything. It's like if you meet ten people in a day and one's a dickhead, you're only going to talk about the dickhead when you get old. That's true. So it, it's just that. <laughs> All right. So that's probably
1: a good uh, little segue into uh, talking about. I think it's a big subject at the moment, and I think especially in our industry is a uh, mental health aspect, and there's a lot of. There's a lot of strain, there's a lot of pressure, uh, especially when you're freelance as well. Um, you know, the gig economy is very much flawed. It's unpredictable, uh, especially now with what's happened. Uh, I think there's a lot of people who are going to be um, freaking out a bit more or probably just a bit more zen like you're, you and I about the whole thing. I find this industry can be quite uncertain. It can be quite um, precarious. I think there's a lot of egos. There's a lot of strong-minded people. Uh, there's a lot of uh, people who are quite sensitive. Lot, uh, you have to work with a lot of people to make things happen as well. And especially when you're sh- uh, shooting something, I find that shooting anything is just literally just putting out fires left, right and centre, making compromises. So there's just what I'm saying is there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot
0: of, there's a lot of stress involved. How do you deal with that? My mental health things, problems they're not really work-related but they get exacerbated by work because like you say it's uncertain so you've not got a steady income and you kind of don't i mean you really don't know where like i'll only know really what i've got coming up in the next few weeks and then i don't really know after that uh, luckily i've managed to get like part-time gigs at some brilliant places and i'm about well before all this kicked off i was about to start going part-time somewhere else so that's always good because you you can get a sort of guaranteed income but you never really know what where your next job's going to come and there's also the pressure of if you fuck a job up then you become known as the dude that fucked the job up so there's always pressure and and i find i find that a lot especially i'm doing these these jobs where i, I work away a lot so i work away in pretty small teams and we go away for a few weeks and you're working all day with these people and then you spend the evenings with them and you're getting flights like we did, uh, nine flights in four days on one job. And you've got a load of kit with you and you're trying to get through like, you know, Turkish customs with carnets and stuff like that. And, and you're kind of on your own with that stuff. You can I, I've had meltdowns in airports, like proper meltdowns. Like I, I turned to a cop at in uh, Barcelona airport, who's got a gun, <laughs> and I said to him, I just I I was like losing my shit at customs because people were like piling in and I I had like ten trays full of kit that were just kind of going getting disappearing off and it was like if anything if you, any of the kit goes missing the job is. And I was just, and, and they were sending me back to the back of the queue. And I just turned to this cop and I was like, mate, this is a fucking shit show. And the cop, because I was losing my shit, he went, hey, hey, whoa, I'm just police. He was like, <laughs> it's like, mate, you could have just like banged me against the wall, but he was like, yeah, I'm not dealing with this maniac. So yeah, it's it can be really, really intense. And there's, there's times when you just blank. and And everyone gets that. Everyone gets. It's when you're out your depth, and, and everyone in this job, you will get plonked in a situation where you're out your depth, and I don't care how experienced you are. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I don't know how much experience I need. I started it when I was 18 and I'm 48, so 30 years' experience, and I, and I will still end up out of my depth. And, and like, you know, you're like, oh, oh. and it's like, Steve, what's your phone number? You're like, I don't, I, I don't know, I don't know. And... You know, someone going, where the fucking else is staying? Where the fucking else that? And you're just like, ah, uh, 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 uh. and, and I was talking to um, a camera operator the other day who's like decades of... And he was like, yeah, I, I had one the other day where the camera, brand-new camera, stopped working, couldn't get it going, and it's one of those days where you think, I'm going to jack it in or go on the taxis. And you always get those days, and you'll never not get those days. You can you can get back to the hotel room at night, and especially when you, like when you're working away, you get back to the hotel room at night, and then you feel like because I get like depression and stuff, and you can feel it like descend, and you're like oh god, and then the next morning you're like you 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 know your classic is I can't get out of bed, but the problem is you're wherever in the states. <laughs> Uh, there's a there's a producer and a presenter and you're, you're on-site edit and camera operator and director, effectively. So you've got to get out of bed. It's not fair. You, you're like, I wish I was one of these twats that goes, oh, there's days when I can't get out of bed so I don't. And you're like, oh, brilliant, but <laughs> I don't know what job you've got. <sighs> it's just, it's it's really shit. But luckily, I end up, I, I'm I kind of with people. And also because of my personality, like I'm not the kind of person that, like if something embarrassing happens and no one's there, I'll go and tell everyone ha- what that was because I like telling people s- embarrassing stuff about myself. So I'm not the kind of person that's going to hide like mental health problems. So when I'm working with people, I'll just tell them. I'll tell them about my tablets and stuff like that. So at least if I can get me, if I can get my ass out of bed, we'll go down for breakfast and I'll just say to them, look lads, I am having a shitty day. You might have to bear with me today, but it's like I am in crazy town. And luckily, I work with people that are kind of like, well, that's all right, Steve. We'll, uh, you know, we'll keep an eye on you. And, and you kind of get through it together. And that's why the team thing's like really important. The amount of shoots I've been on, like working away, were in the evening, well, in the morning, I've, been, I've woke up and thought, that was pretty close to topping myself last night. Like, you'd be in a hotel and you'd be like quite high up. And there's a bit of a balcony and you're like, mate, that's, you know. And there isn't really an answer to that kind of thing. Because it is a bad job to have if you've, got those, if you've got those kind of problems. Because you work for yourself, so you can't have sick days. And there's no HR. So the only thing you can rely on is the people that you work with are all right. Or at least aren't, you know, twats about it. And the other pressure is when you're down... And you don't want to talk to people; they might not want to use you again because they're like, "Christ, I don't want to go away with him." So you've always got you've always got pressure on you—a bit life and soul of the party, a bit like you know, Mister, you know, people person, all that kind of thing. So it's it's hard being freelance on days when you're not. It really it really is, and there's not really an answer to that. There's not, or you just need to end up working with people that are, are good people, and it's kind of self-filtering because. If you don't like people, people don't like you, and they won't use you again. So you end up only working with people that are all right. It kind of filters out, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, I've
1: noticed that. I I, I purposely work with the same people for this for exactly the same reason because I love what I do, and I don't want that to be compromised in any way. Because if you kind of you know if, you know if you end up working with people who exacerbate. I have depression as well and um, and I've just finished my, my course of uh, CBT um, you know it's it's definitely done me the world of good just uh, sort of see the warning signs and be aware of it I think being aware of it is half the battle and um, I as, as if I'm a, a director on a shoot I have to be you know I have to be uh, like a rock I have to be there I have to be on it I have to be I can't you know I can't have a meltdown I can't do any of that so um, you know, I've, I've got to be, I've got to be a director and it's, that's, that's very challenging when you're not feeling great about yourself. But what helps me is that when I am doing that job, I feel like I'm a different person anyway. So I play the role of the director and I'm not being myself. So when I am on set, I am the life and soul of the party. I am, you know, I'm, I am the, the cheeky chappy that gets people laughing. I am, I am that person and I love it. But when that shoot's finished and I and then I and then I go back to you know the hotel room or go back home I'm life again and that's that's quite hard to deal with
0: I think it's uh it's interesting because i I ha- definitely have a work mode and there's days when you get up and you get up hotel you're down for breakfast and I will sit there and I just go I cannot be fucking arse with this one today. Like it'd be a long day, and you just can't. You just can't be asked, and then and you're having breakfast, and you've you know, you're just like Jesus Christ. But I know that the me that's having breakfast won't have to deal with the day. Work mode me deals with the day. It's a different, it's like you say, it's a totally different person. And then when work mode kicks in, the, all the attributes that I have that I think make me good at my job, I don't actually have. Work mode me's got them. <laughs> work mode me. He's, like, chatting, like, hey, and I'll just, like, walk into a place go, hey, excuse, guys, can I just plug this in somewhere? Yeah, thanks, great. It's like, hey, guys, excuse me, mate, uh, can you just stop reversing that van while we get this shoot? Yeah, sorry, mate, my gaffer's got me, you know what I mean? And you just kind to like, swap in and, be, you know, all that kind of stuff. That I have not got those skills. It's just work me has got them. And like you say, when the day's finished, you kind of go back to your hotel room, you're like, Pfft. Back to like crappy old me with me with me uh, depression and me PTSD and me friggin' you know work mode's incredible and and once you once you know you've got a work mode it's a great thing to have I wish I could pull work mode off in more day to day situations like there's loads of times when I need to like sort stuff out at home and I wish I could just go into work mode and get that dude to do it but I can never find him oh you need to go tell next door that they need that they're making a noise and like ah oh, shit work mode me could do with doing that. But it's just it's just not there. It's it's weird I'm exactly the same. Work mode may be like, "Hey guys, it's a little bit loud. Can you dial it down?" Whereas actual me is like, "Cut the fucking noise, you fucking." <laughs> I can
1: totally relate. It's it's weird. It's a weird one. And I actually really like I I I want to almost want to be working all the time because that means I can be that person more. Uh it's like a drug. Mm. Um you know, I can yeah. <clears throat> I, mean, I, I mean, also as well, I've got the title of director when I'm on set. And I think, you know, that legitimises who I am. Like, I feel like, well, I'm the director. So it's not that I'm big-headed or anything. It's just like it, 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 it gives me licence to be that person. Whereas when, when yeah. I'm not doing that job, it's like, well, who the fuck am I? You know, who am I? Exactly.
0: I get that. I get... Like, if I'm running around with a camera or whatever, everyone... Well, for a start, they'll know that there's a film crew there, and if I walk up to them with a the camera, it's like the police. But like you say, like in day-to-day life, like mate, you're just the same as us. Go fuck yourself. Like you know what I mean. But it's if you, if you've got a camera on your show, you're like, hey mate, can you just get out, get out of the way? They're like, Ooh, oh, 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 she's got a camera. Yeah. <laughs> do you, Do you think I wish I had some kind of badge that you could wear it every day? Go, do you know who the fuck I am? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a funny one. I was filming Creamfields one year, which is like... I don't think it's the circle of hell that like Hitler's in, but it's definitely a circle of hell. It was just like mud everywhere. You had earplugs in. People like gurning their faces off, climbing all over you. It was a horrific place to film in. I was at the back... In this like tent, and it was like a sea of people. All my kit was down the front, and then I, I was looking at you couldn't hear anything. I just was, just just noticed my phone was buzzing, and I picked my phone up and I looked, it was like, "Stay, you need to be front of stage now." And I looked, and it was like three minutes ago. I was like, "Shit!" So all I had on me was like some bits and bats, but I had a I had a camera light on me, so I just put a camera light because you know how blinding hmm. they are. I just held a camera light. Like, I was at the back, so I had to get through a sea of people to get to the front of the stage. And I just put the light up in front of me and started screaming, get out the way, get out the way. And the people, and just started charging through. And people they just, like, parted the waves. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but someone worked out that I was just a dude with a light running through and, like, tried to, like, punch me in the back of the head. But it was, it was so funny. I don't know what part of the job that is. When you're in work mode, you've kind of got the kind of agency to be able to just do stuff like that, like that you would never do in normal life, where you, where you just... It's not like you're the big I am or anything, but you just feel like we need to do whatever... You need to be able to do whatever it takes to get the thing done. And you need to be able to speak to whoever you need to speak to without worrying about it. And you need to be able to. Do you know what I mean? When I when
1: I first started like directing, and I was like directing one of my first ads. You know, I get that confidence from somewhere. I don't know where I get it from, but I'm like instantly. I'm like, no, no, no. I I I understand where I sit in this. And um, but I was still doing things that runners were doing. Because it's like, oh, so, you know that needs uh, moving over there. And I was like, and I was just on it. And uh, it to the point where you had runners just sat, stood around, not doing anything, because I was doing it all for them. And and, and I, the producer came, well, yeah, the producer that I was working with just said, Life, you don't have to do that. I was like, oh, no, I just, it's quicker, isn't it? I'll just do it, it's quicker. And I like, no, that's what they're there for. You just do that. <laughs> and I was like, all right. And it's taken me so long to do, and I still feel guilty. I still cuz I've got like this work ethic which you know just fucking do it and that's how I've always cuz I've worked on smaller shoots as well so you know you don't you don't just wait around for somebody else to do something you just do it being being of that mind frame but also and and that's the other thing as well I had to play the game a bit more because You know, like, people seeing the director doing those types of jobs, weirdly, they lose a bit of respect for you as well because you're no longer that person. But at the same
0: time, I don't don't want to be a dickhead either. I think it's important that you never get too big for your boots, that you can always talk to everyone without looking down your nose at them. I remember once filming a billionaire, right, and he said, I get into the office first and I say hello to all the cleaners on the way in and that's not cuz i'm like mr philanthropist it's just cuz i'm not a dickhead and you're like <laughs> yeah cuz yeah you don't know where you're going to end up and you and where you are now is not permanent so don't talk to people like that you know no no I, t- I you know you're a director at the moment i'm a camera operator and editor at the moment but i don't know what's going to happen in I don't know what's going to happen in six months, so I don't take this for granted.
1: No, and I think what where we're at now with the current coronavirus and everyone, you know, freelancers um, losing work, people at home not able to work, it's 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 quite the leveler as well. Like everyone has found themselves in the same situation, so you know you can't you you can't feel like you're any better than anyone else. Not that you should do, but. In a way, it's kind of a good thing. I think it might be grounding for some people, and I hope it is as well. Because, especially in London, and I love London, but it is full of dicks. You yeah. know, there are some people who just think that you know, like they're the fucking big I am, and they don't do things like help at the end of a when you know at the end of a, of a shoot, help clean up, and they just go straight to the pub. And I think. I can't do that. And I don't care, you know, oh, I'm the director. And I still kind of cringe when I hear that because yes I am the director on the shoot but I hold that position in such high regard because it's always been my goal I still feel like the editor on set just making sure we get the right shots <laughs> because I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to be that person I don't want I don't want people to think oh he thinks he's the big I am and I also only have people or try and have people that I work with on a regular basis who you know get stuck in roll the, roll roll the sleeves up and don't go well that's not my job yeah, and I think you know. I think hopefully at the end of at the end of this whole uh, self isolation and things start gradually getting back to normal, that people people just remember that actually they're they're not invincible. Their jobs and and they'll, and they'll, and I think they'll just start treating each other with a bit more respect. I hope so. I I, I doubt it. I'm sure people just go back to fucking normal. But I, I <laughs> do you hope. know what?
0: I, I wondered how <laughs> long you just you you nose died at that point. now <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, some people will. Some I think I think I think I think there'll be a period of time, maybe three, hopefully six months, that people will just be nice to each other, and then and, and then they'll stop sharing this quality street, and they'll, yeah, be, they'll yeah, be back yeah. to normal.
0: Yeah, until an asteroid starts heading for Earth, and then they'll do it again. They'll be nice again. But I think your point is, I always th- I always think it's for me, it's like the nice bouncer thing. It's like if you meet a bouncer, it's brilliant when they're nice. You know, like someone that could like absolutely knock your lights out, but they're nice. And you think, wow, that's, it's great, isn't it? Because normally bouncers are twat and you'll see them like smacking a student because they can't. But then you run into a bouncer and he's like sound. And you want to be the nice bouncer. Yeah, I have this thing of like, there's like red twats, uh, arry twats, avid twats. You know, you're like, you'll go on a shoot and there'd be like a, or, or like an event or something. And like, like say I'm at an event and I've got a red, and there's someone over there with like an EX3. You're not Mr. Fucking Brilliant because you've got a red, and he's not like a else because he's got an EX3. You don't know what he was filming on yesterday. He's freelance, he's working on whatever they've given him. And there's days when I'll have an EX3 and someone else will have a red. And the amount of times when the person with like the biggest rig kind of, looks down the nose at you, like, oh, bloody hell, look at this fucking chancy with his little poxy camera. Or you've got a DSLR or something. And you're like, mate, you don't know what I've normally got. Or, do you know what I mean? Is so he just a red twat? Or an Ari twat? Or an Avid twat? Like, oh the, the amount of, like, sad pub bars that bang on about, well, the only tool I've ever used is the Avid Media Composer. It's the, it's always been far and away the best. And you're like, but it hasn't, do you know what I mean? And then I'm someone that's like, and you'll know it, like, you know, 17 years of using Avid, and then you go on Final Cut and you're like, ah, Final Cut does a load of stuff that's miles better than Avid. Not everything. And then you go on Premiere and you're like, oh, this Premiere will do a load of stuff that's miles better than some of the things that Avid does, that some of it... And then, like, you know, Resolve... It's doing stuff that's better. They've all got pros and cons. If if you say I've got a favourite, or there's, or or I think this is the best one, that's something. But when you say everything else is shit, and and because you know that avid is like held in this kind of like regard now, which is insane, because it, it used to just be what you everyone caught on avid because that's all there was. But now it's like this kind of like mystical ah, you have to have gone through like. For, you know, Be a fourth level demigod for, to even look at Avid now, which is. And there's people that just like swing it, like, yeah, I use Avid all day. I had a 64 track timeline. I was working on uh, doing uh, 10 eps for the voice. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that uh, broadcast. And you're just like, yeah, whatever, mate. You're setting yourself up to get blown away, mate. By a kid. Do you know what I mean? By a kid. A kid on a laptop's going to blow you away, mate. How does that feel? Well, because you're insecure and everything else, so you have to, like, swing, swing the avid bollocks in someone's face or swing the, like, the arry bollocks into And the nice bouncer thing is when you meet someone like Murdo, Craig Murdoch, he's not like that. He uses lots of nice kit. You know, everyone uses lots of nice kit, and they're nice people because they don't feel like they have to compensate with the kit or the job or the or the thing that they're working on.
1: But you know what? The things that always put me at ease is, yes, you come across these people, but the word gets round and they get a name for themselves and you'll bump into somebody else who knows that person and just go, oh, yeah, I know him or I know her. They fuck it up for themselves, and you and you and you bang on, mate, like about the kids who go, oh yeah, I figured out this in my bedroom. I've been doing, I've been using this since I was eleven, and you can blow them out the water uh, because they don't stay ahead of the curve. You know, I've been in ad agencies where I've been working with creative teams who are a bit long in the tooth, fucking good at what they do, and have made some amazing adverts, but don't really know what's what's happening now or what's coming up and they're you know they're they're falling by the wayside and they're they're out of touch do you know what it's like just because yeah avid's fucking king and all that kind of stuff there might be something equally something as engaging and and interesting and creative made on fucking iMovie And it kicks the shit out of whatever it is you've made because there's passion there uh, and creativity. And, you know, they just didn't... They, they weren't bothered about what they were using. They just fucking yeah. did it. Do you know what I mean? And I think that kind of attitude is... They're, they're only They're only fucking it up for themselves, basically.
0: It's that... Like, I would much rather work with people half my age on worse kit than people who've been in the game decades... Who only use the very very best because I'm not going to learn anything off those blokes. who are generally blokes, you know. I want to learn stuff. I want to. I want to be open to new stuff. And and you're you're gonna get that from like it's like when people going about oh bloody old diversity. We've got to hire a woman this time or we've got to hire a black lad this time. It's like, mate. The more diverse your organisation is, the more ideas you're gonna get, the more perspectives. You want to get people from all over everywhere because it's just for you. It's like these people that that only listen to music that they listen to in the teens and never listen to new stuff. It's like I have no idea how you can still be just listening to that stuff. Yeah, it's it's great stuff and all that, and but that's not it's not feeding me. I want all the old, I want the new shit. I want you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit watching repeats on tv i'm not just gonna keep watching films that are like in the 90s and part of you know working with people is like, you know you want to work with people with with ideas and and fresh stuff and and all that kind of you know uh avid is the flagship it's like oh god whatever mate you just sound like a you just like a you're just dusty covered in cobwebs mate do you know what i mean <laughs> You fucking do like that you you like the you like the dude at the end of fucking um uh, last crusade just sat there in a little sp- spot of light saying you choose poorly you chose poorly <laughs> You're just a fossil you know your shit's gonna be shit <laughs> It's a creative yeah, industry no,
1: and I, 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 Do you think you know I was just gonna go back to something you said earlier and it was just uh, dipping into the um Mental health side of things. Uh, again, I found actually because I mean, I'm not on any tablets or anything yeah. like that. Um, but I found that when I am in a pretty dark place, or you know, uh, I'm I'm really struggling, and everything feels a bit hopeless. Uh, and then you're on you're on a shoot where it's pre-production, whatever. I actually find it quite I don't know more of a relief than anything that everyone else is having a bit of a shitter. <laughs> and you've got a producer you know like and then you can be there to help it's a distraction yeah. and i feel you know I, i'm i'm useful and yeah it makes me feel better about myself um not that i should i wish anyone should be having a, a bad time but like that's just you know that's just uh, that's just being on you know in production that's going to happen but it's i find i find work actually in a way oddly in a way it, it helps you know, it can be quite stressful, but if you can be there to help other people, that kind of relieves it for me.
0: Yeah, and also work, it will take your mind off the kind of internal monologue. Yeah. You know, and 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 the kind of you know, <laughs> if you're thinking like, um, oh Christ, we've not got much time to get to the next location, and then we need to set up, and then we've got to, we've only got an hour there, and that's gonna. If you're thinking that instead of, will I ever be happy again, then. <laughs> <Like, laughs> It's better than thinking that, isn't it? So, yeah, busy. It, it does keep you busy, and it does... And that thing of, like, there's days when you can't be asked getting out of bed. Sometimes it's good, the fact that you've, you've got to get out of bed. Because if you could ring in sick and get a doctor's note that they'd sign you off for a fortnight, you don't want to be sat at home for a fortnight contemplating the meaninglessness of life, and you know what I mean? Whereas, instead, running around like a blue ass fly. The, the, the one thing that I think I'm struggling with at the moment
1: is... Um, so like my sort of fear of rejection. Whereas if you're a director, that is just <laughs> that's just part and parcel of, of your job. So like you'll probably do about ten different treatments on ten different jobs, and you'll maybe get one. Yeah. So you've just got to like, you know nine times like in a, in a space of like a, a month, you're like nothing but rejection. It's the worst.
0: It really is. To be any good, you have to put a lot of yourself into it, and you have to really care about it. Like for me, you do an edit you're like this is the this is my best stuff and I've really I've spent a lot of time on it and I've really really care about it and I've and and even if it's just like some you know bullshit job but you always do a you always do a really like good job on it and and like you you'll think you're thinking of things like if I put that there it means this and that and this, and this and there's a flow here it's perfect and all that and you put it in front of the client and they go don't like it and you you're just like clients the reason why everyone hates clients isn't because they hate clients because you know top and bottom it's you're making a film for someone else for with me but because to make a decent version of that you have to put yourself into it and care about it Mm. when they say we don't like it it's gonna hurt it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be a rejection it's gonna like that's always gonna it's always the way and that is part of the job part of the job is you're gonna put your heart and soul into a thing and someone's gonna say it's shit or or say that's great we want it like this which is not how you want it and and however long you've been in the job and however much you understand that emotionally it's always gonna hurt because it should because that means you're good at the job because if it doesn't if you don't feel the rejection then you're not good at your job because you're not putting enough into it. It's you should feel rejection, you should feel shit yeah. when people aren't 100% positive about your stuff. It should feel shit when someone comes back to you and goes, "I don't I don't like that." And you feel fucking shit and have a rant. That means you're doing it right because you've put enough into it. Yeah. If you're like, "Nah, I don't care." Well, it's because you only phoned it in. So you shouldn't be doing it. I totally agree. I
1: think it's, you know, <clears throat> you you need to care about what you're doing in order to produce good stuff. Because if you didn't, you're just going and you know they're definitely not going to like it. And it's going to be, if anything, practically it's going to be a long drawn out process because you're you don't care. You need to and it, and I find myself caring sometimes I think way too much on like, you know it could be a corporate job it could be just like talking heads but I've kind of put everything into that. I need to feel something about that that work. I can't just because otherwise there's no job satisfaction. <laughs>
0: That's and the thing is, it's actually you know people are like ah oh, stay just uh, it's only a quick job. This don't don't like spend ages on it. It's it's harder to do. Mm. It's harder to not care about it yeah. because you don't know what bit not to care about. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> hold on, we'll do I not care. Like I don't know what I, I'll just I'll just do it how I normally do it because <laughs> I, I don't know how to. It's like what am I going to do? Like leave like a bad cut in it? Like what? I don't know what what bit's going to be quicker if I don't care about it, you know? Hmm. But I definitely think, certainly with editing, your first cut should be your cut. Don't try and guess what, I mean, you've got, you know, you understand what the client wants and you're going to make the thing, but you make, don't try and don't, like if you think, ah, they might not like this, it's a bit, bit might be a bit way out or uh, Hmm. put it in. They can always don't not like it, but what what if they liked it? You know, if you're thinking, oh, this would be a great idea, but I don't reckon they'll like it. Your first cut should always be, this is how I do it for them. Mm. You know, not like I'm gonna make my own film, but you know, this is how I reckon they should have it. And then after that, let them let them like rip it to bits. But if they like it, you're like, whoa, then I've got something there that I don't mind showing me mates which is pretty rare. Well, that's why you want to do that, isn't it? You want to, you know, you're not just doing it for,
1: to pay the bills. You're doing it as well. You're like, oh, this is actually quite good. So I can actually promote myself or, you know, be, be proud of it and, you know, blow some minds maybe, or just like people go, fuck that, that was different. I'm glad you did that. Cause that's what you kind of need to be employed for. Oh. You know, you, you want to, you, yeah. you want to be valuable, you don't want to just be, you know, a button presser like, like yourself. Uh, you know, I I produce music as well, and I'll go, oh, you know, I'll, I'll put a track to this, and you know, I'll just bill you for the, you know, like the few hours that I do putting this track together, and it'll be a bit different, and I've already got an idea, and it'll fit with the subject matter, and um, you know, it'll go through ten different people for sign off, and then they'll just go, no, no, we were thinking about this, and then you'll they'll send you a link, and it'll be some ukulele xylophone bollocks yeah uh and you go All oh, right. so you want it to sound like everything else online all right yeah. fine you know well if that's what you want but i tried um and if that's not what you want but i'm very much on the fence sometimes like i think i'll just give them what they want but there's always that urge to go no 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 fuck that i'm gonna do something you know and you are always sort of like it's internal battle
0: well i'll always do something on the first one and if they don't like it it's like yeah Plan B is, like, ready to go. Like, I, I've already got the, the you know, the ukulele track queued up, ready to go. Like, I know what... <laughs> the, I was hoping you'd, you'd you'd be better than you are, Mm-mm. and I gave you the opportunity to be better people, but you failed. <laughs> so now I'm going to give you exactly what you want that no fucker's going to watch. It's like when people go, like, are people will show me something, and they would be like, oh, Steve, what do you reckon of this? and it'll be like 50 frames, handheld, you know, lens flare, and it'll be like following someone from behind, and then and the music will be like, diddly, da, diddly, And then off-camera voiceover will start to go, uh, I started making these trucks uh, sit. And, like, and they're like, what do you reckon? I go, <laughs> <laughs> what do I reckon? It's like everything else I've ever seen on Vimeo. Do you not know think it's shot nice? Yeah. Yeah, it's shot yeah. nice. But what you should be saying is like, C- Steve, can you be arsed watching it? Not at all. No, not at all. No. Because I reckon we film it like this. I'll send you a link and you watch it. And you're like, well, I can't be arsed filming it like that because uh, why would I want to make something that's been made a million times? The only people that... It, it's just it's just so that camera operators can wank over each other <laughs> on Vimeo. Like They're not making it for the for the audience. Like you think of like your favourite films and which of them start with like a 50 mil pointing into the sun with like some girl running through a field, none of them, just just Vimeo. Vimeo's created a genre of bullshit that everyone doing corporates wants to follow. And it's like, no, let's try and make
1: films. I mean, because obviously after Channel M, I worked in ad agencies as they're in-house and I... All I saw was uh, trends being followed. So you'd have creative teams, and I would get those links. I would get those, like, we saw this, we want to do this. Not this, but we want to do this. I mean, not like that, but we want to do that. Like the the Mitchell and Webb sketch, where they're like, this, but not that. We want to do this. And basically, you just want to copy something. So your job as a creative is to watch other people's work and then copy it. Mm. That doesn't sound very creative to me. It wound me up for a long, long time. I'm over it now. I'm past it. It's fine. But I still see it. And I'm like, well, yeah, get inspiration. There's nothing wrong with that. Everyone does that. And that's basically how people make some stuff you know you you get you pick things you bit bits of inspiration you sort of make it your own you're never really going to be 100 percent genuinely unique in everything that you do and that's fine but you can't just carbon copy something that you've a load of nice nice looking stuff you're seeing on vimeo you just can't because all you're doing is adding to that world of bullshit and that world of like mediocrity
0: yeah it's just it's just a yeah it's just a vimeo circle jerk and and yeah can't be your starting point. <laughs> Sorry. Do you know what I mean? It can't you can't that can't be your starting point.
1: That's gonna be your quote on the post.
0: Your starting point should
1: be the Vimeo circle check
0: <laughs> <laughs> But it, it's and, and people like people buy into it, they're like, it's nice that it's And you're like, Are you fucking high? <laughs> When did everyone swallow the Kool-Aid and start thinking that that was... I mean, who watches that shit? Creatives the uh, ad agencies watch it. Exactly, exactly. But, like, I don't know any actual humans that aren't in the game that watch any of that.
1: The fact that it's feeding in into itself and it promotes mediocrity and, yeah, you get, like, trends and it, they it changes, but it's changing, it's slowly changing. It's like we're not in the right gear... Uh, because people don't take risks anymore and especially clients as well and it, and I get it the thing is I I am a great empathizer with, with them as well because I mean I've been in that situation where it's like well look you know the client has this budget it's not the best budget but that's the sign of the times and also it's a budget that they don't want to waste and everyone's on you know on tender hooks because they just think we need to make sure that we don't balls this up. uh, So we can't take any risks, but please give us something really creative that will, will blow our minds. You're like, well, that's not what you, that's not what you're asking for. You feel like you want to, but you'll never take that risk because you're not in the business of taking risks. You want to make sure that you have something that is a dead cert. Also, you've been told by some fucking social media guru that, you know, they've given you a load of stats and, you know, Fucking numbers and engagement numbers, and on, or, and and what works and trends, and basically saying, yeah, yeah, just keep making the same thing because it's doing really well right now. And you don't want to, you know, like if you're going to put this online, or you're going to put media spend, which is fucking so much bigger than the budget that they give you. And you go right, and you want this to work. Th- this is what you need. So the creative's already been done for you. It's already been laid out. And they, and and they go, well, this is what you need to do. These are the trends. This is how it should look. This is the music you should use. And and you go. Well, why does that leave the creatives to come up with something genuine? Yeah. What works, clickbait, where where things should happen in an edit. And you're like, "Ah, I get it. I understand. I'm not stupid. I understand that. But does no one else in this room think that's fucking evil? And then that's stifling as well. Uh, So, you know, mediocrity really does rule right now. And I think the pendulum will swing because I think people will wake up and just go, Oh, everything's the same everything it takes it takes you know it takes some very brave people to make a leap of faith or just be creative and just go go against the grain and do something different and get people's attention and then that becomes the norm and then uh, that's
0: all that's people are doing after that there's, there's loads of times when i've been like sat and and like right so this will just be like uh, interviews with gv's kind of job and you're like right okay is there a way we can do it any different? Like is it is there any way we can we can do something in a way that we've not done it before just for ourselves? It doesn't have to be a friggin' Apex Twin video, it just needs to be a different way. A different like let's think of like, well, if we if even if it's just like let's 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 shoot him in a place that we wouldn't normally shoot. If we do one thing different, it's like sex. If you just do one thing different, you'll think that was fucking great. If something is one thing is slightly different, it's sort of it's like ah oh, that was fucking ace, that. Is, is that, just is that, your, that. is that your pitch?
1: Is that what yeah. your pitch when you're talking to, uh, to 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 the clients? You go look, it's like sex. If you do something different, that was fucking awesome. Let's fuck.
0: Yeah, it doesn't have to be mega extreme. You don't have to get the box out, and it just has to be a little <laughs> bit different doesn't have to be illegal, but yeah, it's, it's, it's how do you, just for yourself, not make the same shit that everyone else is making. And the thing is, you can watch the thing back and no one knows that you were trying to do something different. It does end up looking like the same shit as everyone else is making. But a lot of the time as well is you've got a client that's not educated, and, and that sounds snobby as fuck.
1: No, 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 it's totally right. Yeah, it's totally right. Like, I've said this million, a million times over and over. It's like, oh, well, it's just what the client wants. to go, well, then that's just very apathetic. How about we educate the client? I'm not saying that's that they need educating. It's not a bad thing to say. It's what you're saying is. Well, then change that. Talk to them.
0: Do you know what I mean? You're watching these things all the time, and the client comes along and who never watches them and says oh I've seen this thing and it's brilliant and you're like yeah everyone's doing that if you want your thing to stand out let's not do it like that and they go but I want it like that and you're like yeah but mate you're not your own audience yes you're, you're making it for yourself it's not who it's for it's like you know it's like if you was gonna get a billboard made and you got a, a team in to do like a print ad or something like that they wouldn't be making the print ad that you're gonna like it will be the print ad that fits your audience best like it, it does my head in when you's like oh it, we want this to appeal to like uh school leavers and they're like i don't like the music it's like yeah mate you're not supposed to like the music it's for school leavers because they just forget they forget that it's for someone else do think you're decorating their living room or something well no you're saying like when, when you go and talk about client feedback
1: they go i don't like that yeah well let's just let's just deconstruct what what that means it's like you don't like that Okay, so do you think because you don't like that, the audience or the thousands or millions of people that you want to connect with feel the same? Are you talking on behalf of all those people? Yeah. Because that, that's, that's a bold statement. Yeah. You may- I mean, I, I, would, I wouldn't do that, but I'm thinking about the audience and not thinking about you.
0: Because the thing is, it's not even a, a, a case of, like, taste. It's like you know your job and what you're supposed to be doing. Mm. A- and it's not like well i like this music so i reckon it should go in <laughs> you're saying no the music that you need to tr- attract this audience is this what you're saying is i like this music can you put it in you know yeah they're just going back to like
1: oh, well we want the xylophone uh, ukulele music uh, because we've heard that that's what we that's what we want because we know that other people are using it because it works and it's safe and people recognize it again it's not taking risks
0: i, I think we're guilty of the fact that like you know If we're watching an advert and the music's like an acoustic version of a, you know, an indie classic song and it's like a close mic, fragile female vocal, we're like, oh, fucking hell, not again. You know, blow your brains out. Whereas most people don't care. So we are kind of like ultra cynical about that stuff. And sometimes it is fine to just make a thing that's like a thing. And, you know, I think it's there's somewhat there's a happy middle ground somewhere
1: no i i agree i agree I, and but that's that's that is strengthening your point you know you're playing to an audience there is an audience for that yeah so that's fine yeah. that is fine but at the same time in the interest of moving forward creatively and 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 getting people excited about something you're probably not going to do that by churning out the same thing
0: i mean at some point it's like you know if you want to move something forward, just like, you know, Apple got rid of the mini-jack and everyone lost their shit. <laughs> but you needed to get rid of that mini-jack. Yeah, you know, be brave.
1: I, you know, all it takes is someone to get up and do a TED Talk on that and everyone's going to go, who watches TED Talk about somebody saying we should really be brave? You go, <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I should I basically yeah. should have, like, a little, uh, little stand with TED in big red letters just behind me, so if I have something to say, I'll just erect the stand and just say... Well, let me tell you what yeah. I think because, you know, I do my little thing and then maybe little people actually listen. Yeah. Um, I didn't really want this to be a griping yeah. session, <laughs> but it's not. It's not a griping Mate. session. It's not. It's just truth bombs. A lot of truth bombs.
0: Yeah. I mean, I have no idea what you're going to get out of this because <laughs> it's just a random No, it's but...
1: good. I think to, to our point about doing something different, I think the previous podcasts, as good as they are, have been quite safe. And I'm glad you've been quite outspoken. It definitely needs that and I want to push it a bit further. Mm. I didn't want to piss anyone off or no, talk we no. we don't talk about anyone in particular, so that's 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 great. And, I, you know, to a certain extent, I've loved, I love everyone that I've worked with and I think everyone's got, you know, their, their shit to deal with and, and their problems and, you know, people are in those positions because they are, to a, to a point, good at what they do. So it's not, that's not the issue. I think it's just, uh, you know, to sort of bring all this together, I think, and, and, and wrap it up. I think what it is is that the, the right people for the job are the ones that give a shit. Those are the people you want to make something awesome for you. You can't just say that I don't like that. That's not the right attitude. It's I think communications, key definitely to to, to try and make good work and, and really lean on the strengths of those people.
0: I think you, you have to be able to get along with people. You need to be able to talk and listen and engage with people and just. I think I think everyone comes. I think it always boils down to the fact is don't be a dick. It, it always does, doesn't it? And, the thing, and if that needs any further explanation, then then you probably are a dick. If You shouldn't need to know how to not be a dick. <laughs> and don't...
1: And yeah, you don't need to be given a, a pamphlet on how not to be a dick.
0: <laughs> you know, try not... <laughs> you know, try, try to, to not be a dick to the people just starting out. Because you don't know when it's going to be you again. I, I still have dreams about working in a factory and that everything... Did, didn't happen, and that's a good good way to be, because you never take it for granted. I agree, man. Totally, cool. I think we'll 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 stop we'll stop
1: it there. I think it's a really nice yep. note to go off on. This this has been a very uh, of all its negatives. I think it's actually quite a positive podcast. Oddly, I
0: think we're only
1: negative about the bad stuff, which you can be negative about. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Steve Thomas, there, um, bit ranty but um, it's nice to let off a bit of steam every now and then. And I'm sure a lot of you uh, empathize with some of the topics we talked about. It'd be good to get some feedback, Uh, any suggestions on topics or uh, people, roles that you'd like us to cover. Um, I think the next episode is going to be a producer. Um, That'll be recorded next week. So yeah, um, please do share the link and get it round um, and then please feedback. Um, yeah, well look after yourselves in this uh, weird, odd time and uh, hopefully I get to see you or speak to you guys soon. Bye-bye. Cool man,
0: thanks. Cool. Thanks for doing this. It's alright. How are you holding up? With, with regards to the uh, uh, COVID-19, I'm alright. All the work's vanished, but I'm sort of zen about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, me too. Weirdly, which is kind of conversely upsets me slightly because I'm like, I shouldn't be this relaxed about the whole thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I did have like a panic. I had a, a couple of days of like, because I lost like everything. It's like six months of work before anyone went on shutdown. And then I thought, oh, Christ, this is just affecting me. I had a proper like, you know, panic meltdown. And then it affected everyone and I thought, that's fine, we're all in the shit.
1: (laughs) I think that's what it is. It's like, yeah Oh no, no, everyone's suffering, so it's okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I don't wanna be the I don't wanna be at the bottom on my own.
1: (laughs) Just drag everyone else down with you, it's fine.